Welcome to Striving Catholics with Maggie Schaefer and Paula Nunez. Hello, podcast fam. Welcome back to another episode of Striving Catholics. Woot woot! So, for the past three weeks or so, we've been talking about our identity. Well, more specifically, uh, the ways that our identity is attacked. Today, we're going to look at something different. Still in the topic of identity, though, so don't worry. We're still keeping our theme for Season 2. But this time, we're going to take a look at how our identity integrates with the community or the communities that we are in. Um, When I say we, I am actually lying because this episode in particular is going to showcase our very own Maggie Schaefer. So last year, she was invited by the Catholic Student Center at Wichita State to give a talk about identity and community. And today we'd like to share that here with you guys. You're listening to Striving Catholics. Okay, um, let us start in a prayer, um, if that's all right with everyone. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I ask that you fill this room. Um, I ask that you guide my words, my thoughts, my actions, uh, that they may always glorify you. I trust in you, and I entrust this talk to you, um, that you may... Have me speak whatever it is uh, you would like me to share with my fellow Wichita State students, um, with my fellow community here. I give all glory to you as I pray glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Um, so as Whitney said, my name is Maggie Schaefer, um, and my talk for you all tonight is entitled Identity and Community. So, Clark and Amy's daughter, Ryan's little sister, Nellie's little sister, Jack's older sister. For as long as I can remember, these have always been true. And for as long as I can remember, these have always been identifying statements for my life. Now, none of these are bad things. In fact, they are all true. I am, in fact, Clark and Amy's daughter, Ryan and Nellie's little sister, and Jack's older sister. However, through no one's fault, the most important identifying statement for me was left off of this list. The fact that I am a beloved daughter of God. And for many years, I took pride in the fact that my dad was a well-known community figure. That's why we're in Wichita. He was a sportscaster for many years. I took pride in the fact that my parents were well-known in the Catholic community here in Wichita. And I took pride in the fact that my siblings excelled in and were loved for all of their activities, theater, sports, etc. However, the only thing I felt I could call my own, the only thing I felt that I could cling to for my own, that my siblings were not, was Catholicism. It was my faith, but not in the way that you would think. I became the child who would always be perfect in mass. As Totus teaches our children, prayer hands. Gotta have your holy hands. 
I had that down pat. My religion test that I took at St. Thomas and at Capon, aced them. I knew my Catholic faith. I knew it in my head. However, when I absorbed any and all of this information that was given to me, I lost something. Now, my behavior had teachers, administrators, my friends' parents, asking my parents and telling my parents that they couldn't wait to see what convent God was calling me to. <laughs> now, for any of you who have ever heard that, you, you laugh. Um, and for any of you who know me, uh, you might laugh a little harder because God has a funny sense of humor. Um, I knew the words. I knew the actions. And I knew that prayerful demeanor that made me seem holy. And I had perfected my act. But I didn't understand that just because I knew my faith did not mean that I knew Jesus. And the devil knew how to use this knowledge, this pride that I had, to, to make me seem content in my pride, in my arrogance, in my confusion of what was true and what was not. And because of this, I started to turn inward. And I started to nitpick at any and every imperfection. And these insecurities helped to base my identity in my external involvement, in my friend group, in my youth group, in Toda Stewart's, just to name a few, which led me to base my identity in what the people in those communities thought of me. Thought of me, thought of what I did, how I spoke, how I acted. I depended more on the opinion of those around me rather than the truth that I was a daughter of God. And when the lack of satisfaction and the realization that I would never be able to find true happiness and I would never be able to be fully alive in those groups of people without knowing God, instead of turning toward God like a normal person, same person might do, I turned even more inward. And I allowed myself to be sucked into a world of despair and anxiety. And instead of looking toward God, I chose to grasp at titles. Totus Tuus teacher. WSU student. Tri-Delta sorority member. Student officer or student leader at St. Paul's. I had not yet realized that in order to truly live out my identity as a daughter of God, I needed to foster a deep and intimate relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I saw people, I saw people in my life who were striving for this, who were striving and going after that deep personal relationship. Yet I still grasped I still grasped at those titles. However, one by one, God started stripping me of those titles. I taught Totus Tuus for four summers, and then Totus Tuus was done. Tri Delta, I was in there for four years, and now it's done. WSU student, almost done, December. <laughs> Student officer, here, done. 
And slowly and surely, as Christ stripped these away from me, my communities, did I realize that he was inviting me deeper into relationship with him. He opened my eyes to the wonderful examples that he had set before me in my parents, my friends, my priests. All of these people, God opened my eyes to. And I grew to desire a deeper intimacy and a deeper community. And I didn't quite know why. Until this summer. Until five weeks ago. You see, the way that God pursues my heart, and I believe the way that God pursues everyone's heart, is gradual. It's a gradual pursuit. It wasn't an instant moment of conversion. It was through all of these small, tiny things that kept redirecting my heart towards God. So why do I say that I didn't realize until this summer, until five weeks ago? Well, as Whitney said, uh, I am a focus missionary. And five weeks ago, six weeks ago, I went to training down in Florida. And I was surrounded by 400 missionaries and 400 people who were striving to live the mission of Christ and to bring that to college students all across the country and all across the world. And it was there in those moments that I realized what true community was, true community in Christ. It wasn't about being involved in a Bible study. It wasn't about being involved at the Catholic church in my hometown. It wasn't about being involved at the Catholic Student Center. It was about being in community with Christ. And being in community with Christ led me to be in community with all of these wonderful people who are possibly coming to a campus near you. <laughs> Everything that God had been trying to reveal to me over the past five years, because yes, unfortunately, to my parents' dismise, I have been in college for five years, I came to fruition during my second week of training. For those of you who know me, I like to talk. And that's a bit of an understatement. My second week of training, we were focusing on spiritual formation. I was like, awesome, this is going to be great. I did not realize that spiritual formation meant being tricked into going on a silent retreat for three days. <laughs> I say that, but one time I had a friend trick me into a five-day silent retreat, so this one was kind of better. Um, and so I looked at the schedule, and I was like, all right, three days of silence. And they gave us the schedules for both retreats. And I picked the one that had more small group time because I needed to talk to people. <laughs> but it was, it was in this moment, it was this retreat called the Father's House. And if any of you have been on the retreat, um, they use meditations um, to, to walk you through uh, your relationship with Christ, to walk you through... Um, how you view the Father and how the Father views you. And I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail, but I would love to share with you um, just one of these meditations because for me, it solidified that identity marker that I had passed to the side for 22 years of my life. In one of the meditations, you're asked to imagine 
the Father's house, what God's house would be like. And so I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm not a very visual person. Words are kind of my forte, as you can see. And a beautiful thing happened. My mind started writing this narrative of going to the Father's house. And it was this beautiful mansion. That's how I looked at it. And for me, God had always been in a glass box. I knew that he loved me. I knew that God the Father loved me. But he was unattainable. And it was in this moment that I was being invited to the Father's house. I stepped onto the grass of the front yard. And I broke out in that song from Tangled when she like first <laughs> when she first steps on the grass. If you ever seen Tangled, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's it's just that song is about experiencing all these new things. And so I I spend time there, and Jesus is like, "Come on, let's go to Father's house. The door is right there." And I was like, "Okay." And so I walk up the stairs, and I see that what I thought was the house encased in glass encased in glass was actually just glass doors inviting me in and as I walked up I saw my reflection in the doors and I was turning back into a child and I got there and I see God the Father on the other side and I'm like aren't you going to open the door? apparently I was just not a child and he said knock Knock, and the door shall be open. And I said, okay. So I, like, knocked, but also tripped and fell, which is also true Maggie fashion. And in that moment, God swept me up and hugged me and twirled me around. And I said, Dad, where are you? Where were you? In the last five years, when I was hopping from community to community, trying to find myself, where were you? And he looked at me and he said, Maggie, my daughter, do you not realize that every night since you were born, you have slept curled in my lap? And it was in that moment during that adoration hour that I truly came to see the path that I had been walking for the past five years. I was able to see that God has gradually and slowly been pursuing my heart to remind me that yes, I am Clark and Amy's daughter. I am Ryan and Nellie's little sister. I am Jack's older sister. But more importantly, and most importantly, I am a beloved daughter of God. St. Irenaeus once said, The glory of God is man fully alive. I truly believe that being fully alive means truly knowing and understanding our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Our communities do not shape our identity. It is because of our identity, because of our identity and sons and daughters, that we live and shape the communities around us. It is not St. Paul's that shapes us, but it is us that shapes St. Paul's. And I ask 
that you truly take to prayer whether or not you believe truly in your heart that you are a beloved son, a beloved daughter of our Lord. Because within that, you find the freedom and the uniqueness to fully live out God fully alive. The full glory of God being us as we are, as he created us to be, daughters and sons of him. So let's please, if you would join me in a Hail Mary, we'll finish out this talk. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you. All right. This was fantastic. I was so happy when Maggie told me she had recorded her talk. Um, I myself wasn't able to be there when she gave it, fortunately. Um, but listening to it over again as I was editing this podcast, I felt like I was there in the audience listening to her. And I think this is awesome to have after we've been talking about the attacks on our identity. So we've been working hard to identify what that is and to really solidify who we are in Christ. So for today's, or not even today's, for this week's challenge, I think we are ready to take that a step forward. So let's take some time this week to meditate on what it means to be a beloved daughter or a beloved son of God. Like, what does that mean? Now that we've kind of figured out who we are, who we're meant to be, do we believe that we are beloved in the eyes of our God? Um, I know this is a blessing that's come across come across my lap this week as I've uh, been struggling on some of these attacks on my own identity these past few days. So I'm excited to take some time tonight and various nights because I know I'm not going to figure this all out in like a span of 10 minutes and to journal what that means and what that looks like in my life. Um, And I hope it does for you too, you listeners. So thank you again for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Thank you for joining Striving Catholics. 